Hey everyone, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard me talking about the Game Time app and how it can save you some serious money on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. I love how easy it is and you can do it last minute with just a couple of clicks. Well, now Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. So here's what you do. You download the Game Time app in the Google Player App Store. You click on the My Ticket section of the app, create an account. Then, under the Billing section, redeem the code The Athletic, all one word, The Athletic, for ten dollars off your first purchase. Uh, that's free money, people. You might want to jump on that. Credit is only available to the first thousand people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year. So that's December 31st, in case you didn't know. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets with the Game Time app. Welcome to Hail to the Pod. I'm Erin Hawksworth with D'Angelo Hall. D. Hall, I really thought the Redskins had this one. I thought they were finally going to beat the Eagles. But of course, that did not happen. The Redskins go on to lose to the Eagles. 37-27 at FedEx Field. Washington hasn't beaten Philly since 2016. Uh, even though the outcome was disappointing, I was impressed by the no quit, the fight that I saw on this Redskins team, the progression from Haskins. Um, I love what we're seeing from Adrian Peterson, what we're seeing from McLaurin. Um, didn't yeah, yeah, Ryan Anderson's probably Josh on Norman. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Ryan Anderson had his best game. Um, kind of walk me through some of the positives and then we'll get to some other storylines. Yeah, no, absolutely. This team looks like they want to play for that for that coach. I mean, obviously, you can question, um, you know, some of the things later in the game as far as coaching and play calling. Um, but I mean, for the most part, this team fights and this team competes. And having been in in a locker room, um, you know, with teams who probably aren't supposed to win, like you know, you got to take everything into perspective. Philly had everything to play for. And you yeah. came out and jumped up on them. And that's the kind of football teams you want to see uh, associated with your team. Um, you know, I wasn't in the stadium. I don't know uh, if there were a lot of Philly fans in there or not. But it looked as though the Redskins came out with a, with a, with a ton of energy, man. And, and it's not about wins and losses for this team right now at this point. If you get a couple more wins, great. But like I said, that doesn't mean anything to me. I want to see these dudes get better. I want to see him learn. I want to see him respond to this head coach that we're considering as the guy. Um, you know, you want to see this team continue to fight and get better. And I think I think they're doing that. And, you know, like I said, it's disappointing because this was a game that we should have won. And I picked the Redskins to win this game simply because I didn't think the Eagles looked very good against the Giants last week. Now, they looked a lot better this week, but still – you know, when you got a guy like Zach Ertz and you know he's getting the ball, I would have liked to see a little, little bit more attention to detail on him because he ultimately was one of the only weapons they had. Um, obviously, the young, you know, the young guy, former quarterback in college, beat us 
uh, for the game. But, uh, yeah, you know, they don't have a lot of pass catchers. And so I felt like this was a very winnable game. And I think our, you know, our, our team felt the same way. And what about um, the young fella, Wes Martin, going in and handling Fletcher Cox? I think he did a great job um, in for Brandon Sheriff, who apparently is in New York right now, getting his elbow and shoulder evaluated. Yeah, yeah. No, no. He, he, he played great. He played great. Um, you didn't hear Fletcher Cox's name at all. And that's what I thought would happen. You know, I thought Fletcher Cox would come in and dominate this game because, like I said, they had so much to play for. Um, but Wes did a great job. Um, a lot of those young DBs did a great job. Almost have you questioning sometimes, like, man, why weren't some of these guys out here uh, earlier? Uh, right. And so that's what that's what you find out, though. You find out, um, you know, a lot about your football team. I hate it for Josh Norman. He gets in at the very end and, you know, ultimately costs his team. I, I'm not going to say costs his team the game, but gives up the play. That's the, you know, that's the touchdown. But that was a heck of a design play. They caught us in man-to-man and just – got in a bunch, which is the hardest thing to defend, if anybody knows that. When when receivers get in a bunch or offenses get in a bunch formation, it's it's so you can't get down there and get your hands on them and press their receivers just to try to cause confusion. And, you know, Josh was just a step behind. I thought he played great technique. You know, he just ran into a guy who was a little bit faster. And, you know, those are plays that happen to corners. You get you know, a, a dude throws it away from where you are. And, you know, it was just a race to that pylon. So, you know, great throw, great play call by uh, by Philly. But, man, so disappointing because I felt like we had that game. Felt like yeah. we really did. I did, too. I was really disappointed because I felt like the Redskins definitely had that game. And there to give the team a little boost, Urban Meyer Sitting in the owner's suite <laughs> with Alex Smith. What a scene. I mean, we hear after the, everyone's speculating and Twitter and social media is a buzz because Urban Meyer is at FedEx Field. And then Terry McLaurin's interviewed about it post game. And he's like, oh, no, like Urban Meyer was my guest. He needed a ticket. I got him one. But that seems a little weird that he's sitting in dance. <laughs> like, I was thinking, like, why isn't he in a regular seat? Well, I guess- I'll tell you. I tell you what, Aaron, I've had tons of guests, famous people, not famous people. I've had to get them their own tickets. I've had to find them places in other people's suites when I didn't have a suite myself. So, you know, to hear that he was just Terry's guest, uh, I don't really know if I'm buying that. Obviously, uh, Coach Meyer has a connection to Alex Smith as well. Um, Alex was in that suite. Um, So, you know, maybe they are cooking up something. I don't know. Uh, And, you know, I don't know Urban well enough to know if he's a great fit for this team or not. I've always felt like, um, you know, with dominant college coaches, uh, some of it is the players you get, the caliber of players you get. Ohio State, Urban Meyer at at Ohio State, at Florida, um, you know, even at Utah for the most part. They had some really good players at Utah. Obviously, they didn't have a ton of five stars like you did at Florida and Ohio State. um, But they always have the best players on the field. Nick Saban was this world's, you know, the best coach in the world. You send him down to Miami with the Dolphins and it's like, dude, no, nah, I'm, I'm out of here. And he's mm-hmm. running with his tail tucked back to college where he can go in people's houses, show his personality, go recruit and have the best players. And then let me coach up these guys. Anytime you start with the guy who's already an eight or nine, he's going to obviously better than the guy who, who, who's starting at a two or three. Um, as far as the rankings and overall just ability. So 
Can you put your finger on what makes a difference between uh, a college coach being successful in the NFL and not? Because I remember being in Seattle when the Seahawks hired Pete Carroll and people were thinking that wasn't going to work. And look, it did. Well, well, Pete's a little different. Pete's, Pete had had an extensive background in the league um, prior to joining that college. It was true. almost It true. was almost the reverse for Pete. You know, when Pete came to college, guys were like, hey, I don't know if Pete can handle these young dudes, man. Like, And then Pete was like, embraced L.A., right? Pete was the fun-loving, bring Snoop to practice, bring Will Ferrell. I've been out there at some of those USC practices um, with Pete and, 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 and all the Hollywood celebs. And so he brought the cool factor to college football um, or to USC at the time. Um, and they would have, you know, they would have only show in town in L.A. And so Pete kind of, you know, he uh, he played off of that being the L.A. football team uh, for those USC Trojans. And so, you know, I, I always think of Pete Carroll as a as a pro coach who went down to college, not necessarily a college coach who went up to the pros and went back to college. Um, but, you know, for me, Aaron, it just takes how you deal with players. I had Bobby Petrino at uh, at Atlanta and, you know, he only coached us, I think, eight or nine games. You know, the thing that didn't work for Bobby Petrino, we knew he was a smart X's and O's guy, but what he couldn't do was handle grown men. He was so used to telling the young kid, hey, man, go over there. You know, he was so used to talking to the kids as kids. He was so used to being that father figure. Whereas when you go in the league, you got to understand some of these dudes 30 and up and even the ones who are younger than that, they have kids. So they're used to parenting their kids. And so it's almost more of an equal as opposed to coach and player. In college, you can get away with, you know, being yes, sir, and all that kind of stuff and having the kids really respect you because you're an older father figure. When you get in the league, it's more of an equal type of deal, and that's how you garner your respect, and that's how you garner, um, you know, guys following you as that type of leader. And so Bobby Petrino struggled. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really struggled with that whole – uh, dynamic, and I asked a lot of his former players, and they were like, "Well, he talked to us when we were in college like this." And I'm like, "Yeah, that don't fly in the league. I'd be damned <laughs> if I'm gonna let somebody mf me all up and down." You can correct me, you can coach me, but if you think you can mf me and I'm 30 years old, shouldn't I be able to mf you right back? And that's that was the thing Bobby Petrino wanted to mf you, but didn't want to take it back. And I've always been the t- type of type of player. I'm going to respect you as a coach, but when you feel like you can talk to me like that, you best believe I'm going to feel like I can talk to you that way. And so I don't think Urban Meyer would went, would, would, would run into that issue. Um, I just simply have the question, can Urban Meyer do more with less? Because he's always had more. He's always had more than everyone else he stepped on the field and played for the most part except for Um, in some of those championship games. But go ahead. And also, I think the challenge of being used to a winning culture and then you come in here to this Washington Redskins franchise the way it is right now, I mean, it's a big challenge. It's going to take a special type of coach to really come in here and change this culture around. And he's used to winning. He also had to step away for health issues, right? I mean, we all know how much of a time commitment coaching is, and especially at the NFL level. If you, you know... I and mean, I that's kinda, a big burden to take on if you're already oh, yeah. kind of feeling like maybe you're not 100%. And maybe he is now. I don't know. I just know that we hear about coaches basically sleeping at the facility, you know. So it's a job that never ends. 
Yeah, and I didn't mean to kind of snicker at Urban Meyer when you say, you know, he, you know, he's had some health issues. I snicker because he's had some health issues, and you want to bring him into an organization who's constantly have has has had problems and things they've had to deal with, non football related right. or football related. You know, that alone would would make a a healthy person kind of go go a little bit crazy. You know what I mean? Having to yeah. deal with the constant, always something. Um, and so if Urban Meyer was already having some health issues, man, I tell you what, this organization is not going to help him sleep better at night. If anything, he's going to be up even more. Uh, but like I said, I don't know where, you know, where he is in the, in, in the, in the coaching candidate ranking. Um, uh, but I do think Urban Meyer is a great coach. I just personally don't know Urban Meyer that well. And I just question, Hey, can you do more with less? Because we saw Nick Saban, who's probably one of the greatest college coaches ever struggled down in Miami. And now at, at Alabama, where he goes, when he leaves uh, Miami, the Dolphins, and he's back self-proclaimed and we're all calling him one of the greatest coaches of all time, for sure. But if he, let's just say he is a candidate. Uh, I think there is something special and unique in that, you know, we've been talking about that this he, new, the yeah, the Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin. That he knows, yeah. 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 That he knows Dwayne Haskins. Absolutely. Um, and Urban has shown that he can, you know, he can use a quarterback who runs a little bit more in a guy like Troy Smith. And obviously he had Dwayne Haskins throw for 50 touchdowns. And so he's shown the ability to coach a little bit different type of guys at the quarterback position. And, you know, I felt like from day one, you should have got with 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 Urban Meyer. Obviously, uh, uh, Coach Day is the coach there now at Ohio State. Um who, who Dwayne played for as well. But I felt like you should have been got one of those coaches in here or around the program or pick their brains to kind of make everything as simple as possible for Dwayne. Like you yeah. see Baltimore having all of this success. They aren't having all of this success because they said, Lamar Jackson, do what we want you to do. Do what we want you to do. They're having success because they said, Lamar Jackson, we will do what you do well. And that's why Greg Roman is such a great offensive mind because mm -hmm. it's not about he's had drop back quarterbacks. He's had quarterback run read option, you know, most notably Colin Kaepernick. Um, and he's shown the ability to adapt to the weapons around him and his player skill set. And that's what a lot of coaches, that's what a lot of organizations don't do. I've said it time and time again. You can go get a player who's a 10 overall as far as rankings go. But then you put him in your scheme and he's a seven. And so that's a little bit of the Josh Norman thing, you know, I, and I've said it before, you know, on this podcast. I'm not mad at Josh. I can't be mad at Josh. You, we're asking you to do something that you don't do extremely well. You do a lot of things well, extremely well. And so for me to not be a coach and say, hey, I'm going to put you in position to make plays. Like, to me, that's counterproductive. And, you know, that's not how you win football games. And you can see it all over the league. Teams are changing the way they play football uh, to help make the pieces around their football team better. And, and we need to do that. Well, speaking of winning football games, I thought the Redskins really had a chance to win that one on Sunday. What was your assessment of Bill Callahan and his coaching and play calling um, down the stretch there? Hey, look, Coach Callahan is, is, is an old school type of coach. He's super conservative. And you kind of got to know what you're dealing with. And so for us to think he's going to throw it all around and try to win this football game, 
He's just going to try not to lose this football game. He had a healthy lead. He just wants to run the football. He wants to see this time run off this clock. Um, you know, it, it, I can't sit here and just solely point the finger at Coach Callahan. But like I said, he's an old school kind of coach. Is that the kind of coach we need moving forward for this football team? And so the Redskins have a lot of questions to answer. It starts with that front office. It, 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 it starts and ends with, is Bruce Allen going to be a part of this organization? Who's going to be the next president if it's not Bruce? Who's going to be the GM? Who's going to be the head football coach? I think before you can really evaluate anybody on this roster, when it, you know, in terms of will they be here next year player-wise, I think you got to figure out the top down because it, it, it trickles down. It really does. Every team will take on kind of the identity of the president and the, you know, and the GM and the head coach because they have the vision of how they want their team built. And you got to give them the opportunity to get those kind of pieces. And we might have a top five pick. Like yeah. if, if the next coach wants it's almost a good Joe Burrow. Yeah. If the, <laughs> well, I'm not going to say this is a good thing, but if the next coach wants Joe Burrow and feels like that dude can run my offense the way I want it run, you know, he's, he's athletic enough. He's this, he's that. Then maybe, maybe we don't get the coach we want because a difference of opinion in who the quarterback should be. I, you know, it's, it's, it's just so many questions and you um, that have to be asked. Stuff was discussed in that suite during the game. I mean, there's no way Urban Meyer sitting in Dan Snyder's suite with Alex Smith, and they're not talking about this kind of stuff. I mean, I, I'm sure there's some truth to Terry McLaurin and, you know, what he said about Urban Meyer being his guest. But there, it's the timing of all this seems rather interesting to me, especially oh, no. when we heard just last week that Urban Meyer is a candidate for the Cowboys coaching job. And you know how much Dan Snyder would love to, you know, outshine the Cowboys. You've got to think something a little more is going on there. Yeah. Oh, no, you definitely got to think. Got to think something's <laughs> up. And, and, and as close as Alex and Dan is right now. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind, Urban Meyer, and then we're definitely probably in there discussing something um, along those lines, even in, a, in an advisory role or, you know, in an offensive, you know, a senior offensive assistant role. Um, you would have liked to think something was being talked about because if it wasn't, what are we doing? You know, I'm right. saying I don't know if Urban Meyer is the coach, but if you're not kicking those tires around just to see. If, if he has any interest or if, if, if any way he can help this football team be better, then, man, we, we sleeping on the job. Because I, if I was in that suite, I sure would have been picking his brain about, hey, so, you know, what, what, you know, what do you see? What do you like? What do you don't like? What do you think we need to work on? Um, what is Dwayne Haskins really good at? What is he mm-hmm. doing in this? What is he, you know, I, I, nonstop, I'd have been sitting beside him talking his head off. He'd have had to say, hey, man, can y'all get this dude away from me? Uh, because he is a wealth of knowledge that that I think you have to tap into. So, you know, what those conversations were about, I don't know. Um, I I actually forgot all about Alex Smith's and Urban's connection um, at Utah until somebody else brought it up to me. And so um, that was definitely a little caveat that, man, you know, it definitely definitely makes you think something else going on for sure. Yeah, I agree for sure. And then, of course, that we hear that Dan and Alex had stayed at FedEx field for hours after the game. Um, you got to think that they were talking about Urban Meyer. Was Urban Meyer, did he express interest in the job? Did they decide that now he is a candidate during that little visit during the game in the suite? Or maybe they decided 
he wasn't. You know, I'm just so curious to be a fly on the wall. What all was discussed uh, during the game and then between Alex and Dan after the game? Yeah, yeah, that that we all would have loved to been 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 flies on the wall in that uh you know in that suite for sure. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, you hear Alex and Dan stayed stayed after. Um, you know, it could have just been one of those things that hey, they're just bouncing ideas off each other and just trying to yeah. figure out hey, um, how can we be better? You know, what's going on? Because that game, I know everybody wanted to win that was a Redskins fan myself included man you know anytime you get Philly up against the ropes playing for something and you get the chance to be spoiler how many times have we played oh. for things and, and 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 had Philly or Dallas or the Giants just snatch our dreams away from us and so to be that team to snatch snatch the other team's dreams away um I know Dan wanted that feeling hell I wanted that feeling and I don't even play anymore um, and so, you know, I wanted to see Philly at home uh, and their dreams are still alive. They still have to play the Cowboys. Um, I think that'll ultimately decide who wins the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Philly did come out and pulled it out. I don't know how they win more games in the playoffs and things like that. Um, because, like I said, they are playing very good football. And it's evident because we obviously jumped up on them. We were the more aggressive team early on in that game. Um, and it was just, you know, it was just disheartening that we couldn't couldn't close the deal because we played hard enough to win that football game for sure. You know, I'm, I'm curious about the rivalry, like as a former Redskins player, who you hate more, the Cowboys or the Eagles? Because I know that traditionally we always hear about Cowboys and Redskins, but after the yeah. game, the locker room, the Redskins players were pissed that they didn't beat the Eagles. And I know that's a serious rivalry. All the NFC East teams are, but like if you had to pick one, is there one that kind of makes you feel a little bit better when you beat them? Or is it circumstantial, like because the Eagles, you know, are fighting to make the playoffs, that would have felt sweeter, you know, at that time? Or did you have a preference, like who you'd rather beat if it came down to one of the two? (laughs) Well, for me, you know, every game I wanted to win, I'm going to first say that, you know, I I didn't, I didn't play the, uh, the Eagles harder than I played the Minnesota Vikings. I, I tried to go out and compete as hard as I, as I could. Um, I think just being in the NFC East and being in some of those other stadiums and hostile places, uh, Philly is a, is a pretty hostile place to go in and play. And so yeah. it, it means a lot when you can shove it to them. Um, Dallas, you know, always getting so much attention and being America's team and all of this and that and, having Troy anytime he calls the Redskin game kind of have a little bias and hearing Tony <laughs> always, you know, and so yeah. hearing those guys always talk and being Cowboys, having Jason Witten in the booth and being uh, 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 blessed enough to say, hey, guys, I'm going to come back and play and going back because he's a Cowboy and Jerry Jones looks after him. Yeah, that makes me a little pissed off. So, yeah, I want to shove it to them too and watching Eli play in the biggest market in the world and, you know, in the Big Apple. And so being in the NFC East is so interesting because you have so many different types of teams and types of fan bases and personalities. And hell, I want to shove it to all of them, Aaron. I mean, I really do. And it's not personal, but it's not personal. It's not personal to the extent of, of I hate those players and I would never put that jersey on or anything like that. It's just it's kind of what I grew up kind of watching like I grew up watching Daryl Green and Mike Irvin and Daryl and you know uh 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 uh, all these other receivers in the division and you know and all these other uh players and I saw B Mitch go to Philly and you know so 
So seeing all that and LeVar go up to New York, you know, so seeing all that you understand is a business and you would gladly go fight for a team who wanted you. But when you ain't on that team, you just you just thinking heat seeking missile, go go destroy something. And so, I you know, anytime we can we can we can lock up in the NFC East, man, I think it's some of the best football in the league. And, you know, obviously the division's down this year, but. You know, I think in no time, man, that the whole division to be right back up there. There's a lot of young, talented players all around. And that's why I think yeah. it's so vital for us as Redskins fans, because a lot of these other teams are setting themselves up to to be really good moving forward. And I just think we're at a crucial point where we can either go one or two ways. We can we can right the ship with all with, with a lot of this young talent we have. Or we can kind of, you know, let it waste away and and, and 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 get nothing out of it, and in four years be like, you know, look back and say, damn, that was that was the that was the time right there where we if we if we'd have went left instead of right, man, hmm. we'd have had a we, we'd have had a chance. And you well, know, like to I bring said, that full circle, then how it's a small sample size, but now that you've had a chance to see Dwayne Haskins, are you confident in him being the quarterback of the future for this franchise? Oh, yeah. I'm 100 percent confident. I'm 100 percent confident that if given the right football coach, um, if given the right pieces around him, if 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 if, if everything progresses the way it should, um, I, I absolutely feel like this team would be de- competing for a division title in the next two years. Um, awesome. Will 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 those things happen? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Who we're going to get as the GM. I don't know. We might change the identity of this like of this football team. Because like I said, the general manager and the president and the head coach, they're going to determine the identity of this football team. It's not going to be Ryan Kerrigan. It's not going to be Dwayne Haskins. It's not going to be Brandon Sheriff. Um, they're going to be soldiers in the fight. But they are going to determine the identity. They're going to reiterate what the head coach and the GM kind of described as, as as wanting their team to look like. And, and you'll figure that out real quick. You'll figure that out if we're going to be a finesse team, uh, if we're going to be a power team, if we're going to be a run-heavy team, by by what coach we hire in the next couple of weeks. Because you would think, having gotten a little bit of a head start, I don't think we'll we'll wait till after the Super Bowl to figure out who, this, who the next football coach would be. Really? You think they're going to find the new head coach before the season ends? Oh, I think they got to. No, not before the season ends. Not our season ends before the Super Bowl. So okay. early, early part of February, I do, I do, because the season will end here in a couple more weeks. Yeah, every other team will start firing their coaches and start figuring out, hey, what direction we're going to go in. And as having had one of the biggest head starts in the race, you got to go ahead and finish the race first. Because if you don't, that means people don't want your job. That's that that that's what that means. And they do need to be aggressive because this is, like you said, a pivotal time. You've got all this young talent. You want to make sure you get the right person in here and not wait too long before those good coaches are already off the shelf. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to. All right. So up next, the Giants at FedEx Field. Hmm. This should be an exciting one. (laughs) I can't wait to preview this Uh game. (laughs) <laughs> a very, very interesting one. And the Giants running around cutting, they, they cut their starting corner. He said, man, it's the best news I didn't had all year. <laughs> so the Giants is going to be an interesting team. Pat Shermer, he's going to be, he's fighting for his life over there. Um, 
I don't know if Eli will be back or if it'll be uh, Daniel Jones. Um, but whoever, whatever quarterback we get, we got. I mean, we got to pressure him. We have to pressure him. Um, you saw when we pressure uh, Carson Wentz, man. You know, we look like a different team, a different defense. Yeah. Um, and we're banged up. You know, that's why I said, and at the end of the day, I've been, I've been out there on the field. So please, please, fans, don't get me wrong. You try to win every game. You play as hard as you can. But you also know when you're, you know, when you're overmatched. Um, I don't think you'll be overmatched against this Giants football team. But for me, like I keep reiterating, it's not about wins and losses. It's about are we getting better? Are yeah. we getting better moving and forward? And I feel like they really are. I've really I enjoyed the last couple of games. And I feel like each time we're saying Dwayne Haskins had a better game. This was his best game so far. And I just want to see him continue to build on that. And, you know, hopefully everyone stays healthy, too. I mean, only two yeah. games after not playing for much. So, you know, you really want to make sure that the guys are healthy as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because an injury right now. Um, that's why I understood shutting down uh, Darius Geis um, because the injury right now would cost you next next season too. Yeah, I feel bad for Brandon Sheriff. Well, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure they've been working on a deal with Sheriff for a while. I don't know why that deal hasn't hasn't gotten done yet. Um, But, you know, he's one of those staples, especially if you lose a guy like Trent Williams. Um, and that salary will be off your books. I think you 100% have to lock down Brandon Sheriff. Um, I don't know what price that is. You know, I think a lot of people regard Brandon Sheriff as one of the top guards in the, you know, the National Football League. But for me, I, you know, I got to see a little bit more results. I'm still kind of old school and I'm not paying you just because you're next to get paid. I'm paying you because your production and your numbers show me you deserve to be paid. Um, and Brandon's just... You know, and I and I love Brandon, and I tell him this to his face, man. But he he he's he's got to cut down on the penalties. If you're going to be a captain, um, if you're going to be the leader of that offensive line, you know your play has to has to justify that. And I don't think, um, you know, I think Brandon would admit too that he could have played a lot better this season. Um, yeah. But he had big shoes to fill because, like I said, without having a guy like Trent Williams there, he had to be the leader, and that that's 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 taxing. That's taxing on you mentally having to handle problems in the locker room and having to always come to work in a positive, you know, with, with a positive attitude and a, you know, in a mood that, you know, that shows everyone else that you're ready to work. You can't have mood swings when you're the, you know, when you're a leader and when you're the captain. And so, you know, this was a new role for, you know, for Brandon. And so, you know, having jumped into that role when a guy like Lennon Fletcher left, I know how, how much he probably wanted to go out and, and, and be the best version of himself possible. And, you know, like I said, sometimes it didn't happen. Sometimes it did. So they're going to have a tough question to answer, because, like I said, we live in the we live in the era of because I'm next, I, I, I want more. And I'm from the era of just because you're next don't mean you get paid the most. You're going to get right. paid the most when you're the best. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what this front office mindset is when it comes to to a guy like Brandon Sheriff. We, we, we will stay tuned on the Sheriff News for yeah. sure. D-Hall, enjoy L.A. We will catch up um, on the Athletic exclusive episode and look ahead to the Giants and all the latest Redskins headlines later in the week. Yeah, and we might have something exclusive on that episode for the, uh, for the listeners. So stay tuned. Look out for that. And, yeah, Aaron, I left D.C. In the snow, and I came to L.A. 80 degrees and sunny, so, oh, my goodness, (laughs) I love my job.
I love you my job. The best today. <laughs> I know. I know. I get a, I get a, I get I get snow for Christmas and I get sun too. So not too many people can say that. Yes, enjoy it. I know you're going to have fun. All right. And have and good luck on NFL Network. We love watching you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hold on, hop. Out. Oh.